Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to Calvary Live. It is uh, great to be with you here today. We are here taking your calls, your questions, your prayer requests. You can give us a call at 303-690-3000, or you can even text in questions or prayer requests at 720-336-0897. You may be uh, hearing my voice and saying, that guy doesn't sound like Ed, and that's true. My name is Cody King. I am the uh, founding and lead pastor at Redemption Calvary, uh, which is located in Commerce City here in the beautiful state of Colorado, right off of 104th Avenue, about a mile east of Highway 2. And uh, we've got two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and I'd love to have you join us if you need directions or if you want to listen to some messages or get some more information about the church, you can do that on our website at redemptioncalvary.org. Also want to welcome our listeners from Hope FM uh, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and also Truth FM. Uh, If you're listening right now, then you are hearing this uh, broadcast on a one-week delay, but we are still here in studio ready to take your calls, so please make sure you call in and text in as well. Again, give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text in your questions uh, and prayer request is 720-336-0897. Uh, I was thinking uh, earlier this week about just some some different things that I think really matter for us as a church and uh, as Christians. And, and one of the things that I was thinking about is something that Jesus states in John chapter 8, verse 31. He says this, Then uh, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed." And one of the things I was considering with this section of Scripture, as Jesus is declaring this reality that the truth is what creates freedom in our lives, that we are set free by the truth, and that that truth is associated to abiding in His Word, that the major issues that we're facing today in our culture are the same issues that Jesus was addressing here in John 8, that, that it's a twofold problem, and both of them have to do with the Word of God. That the issues we're facing culturally here today have to do with biblical literacy and biblical obedience. You see, that the people there in John 8, they immediately claimed that they were free and they were not slaves. But the truth of the matter is that they were actually enslaved to their sin and they displayed it by the things that they did. Which leads to the second issue that we have culturally, which is biblical obedience. That we need to know the word. We need to know what God's word says But we need to be careful not to be deceived by thinking just because we heard it that that means that we have done it. We actually have to go further and be obedient to what God's Word said. And so Jesus points to their sinful practices as proof of their slavery, and he 
basically pointed out that it's possible for us to know uh, what to do and yet feel still fail to actually do what is taking place. And so uh, it's a great thing to be able to be able to be here with you uh, today on Calvary Live. Uh, again, my name is Cody King. I'm the uh, pastor at Redemption Calvary and uh, love to be able to talk to you. So give me a call, shoot me a text, uh, but let's go right now uh, to uh, Ziggy uh, in Strasburg uh, and asking for prayer on line three. Hi, this is Cody. You're on Calvary Live. Hi, Pastor. How you doing? I'm well. How about you? Oh, um, I'm doing as good as I can. Um, I wanted to see if I can uh, get some prayer for, <clears throat> excuse me, for somebody in my life. Um, so I, I went to uh, foster care when I was really young. Um, and I had a really, really rough go of things and uh, was tossed around with a few families and had some bad experiences even with that. But um I landed in the lap of this this lady, uh, Doris Harder, and um, I really think that she was an, an angel. Um, I've, I've never come across somebody that served the Lord the way that she did and, and cared so much for every person that was in her life. And um, she uh, she ended up getting pulmonary fibrosis, and uh, she's currently on her hospice bed right now. Um, Probably within within days, um, she's she's no longer going to be with us, and I just wanted to see if I could get some prayer for her to have a an easy passing, um, just to take the pain away in her lungs and and let her take that that large deep breath in in heaven here soon, and um, it, it'd just be great if if we could pray for her family and just to bring comfort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's let's pray for her. Lord, we want to uh, lift up Doris to you uh, today together and just pray that, God, you would help uh, in her time of need. Your word tells us that you are our ever-present help in time of need, that we can come boldly to your throne of grace and ask for that mercy and grace. And now is a time when Doris needs that grace. And so we pray that you would be near to her. We pray that you would you would uh, cause her to be able to uh, step into eternity, welcomed by your loving arms, and that she would uh, experience your grace uh, in her life. Lord, that you would even minister to her now as she is uh, in, in this place of, uh, of awaiting uh, this time, and that you would draw near to her and give her the, the peace that she needs. Lord, I also want to pray for Ziggy and just pray that you would encourage his heart, that you would cause him to be able to um, just as, be established in you and to know that you, your love is uh, overshadowing all of, uh, all of these situations and that you're there. So Lord, we commit her to you and we commit him to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's a, a verse, I, I can't remember it offhand, but it says the three things that last forever will be, uh, oh man, um, faith and love. And, um, you know, I, I truly believe that because of, of what Doris taught me. So I, I just thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate that. Amen. Amen. It's a, it's a privilege to be able to talk to you today, to be able to pray with you. And, um, you know, it's just a, an amazing thing that God allows us to be able to uh, be apart from one another physically, but near one another spiritually. Thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you. Bye. Bye. 
All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. Uh, I'm the pastor at Redemption Calvary in Commerce City, Colorado, here taking your calls. Uh, please give me a call at uh, 303-690-3000, or you can also send in a text at 720-336-0897. Uh, we have Jim in Loveland on line one. Jim, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How about you? Pretty good. Um, so I was calling because yesterday um, I ran into a gentleman, and uh, he's uh, you know talking to people about the Baha'i world faith, and um, so I stopped and talked to him, and uh, you know with the attention of just seeing what exactly it is that they believe, because I know it's a false religion. Um, so I actually got to go inside and sit down with this guy for about 15 minutes and just talk to him and share, you know, what I believe about Jesus Christ and about the Bible and all this stuff and kind of compare it to what, you know, they believe as a religion. And um, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the best way to continue to witness to him. Because, you know, he believes in Jesus and that basically all religions are the mouthpiece from God and will lead to God in the end. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the things that we've got to be really uh, purposeful about, especially when we're dealing with people that come from a, a different worldview, specifically in something that is a sort of a, a, a mix of different kinds of religious views, is to understand that we've got to be careful to make it all about Jesus. There are a lot of other kinds of discussions and arguments and uh, questions that you may end up getting caught up in, and it's actually a tactic that a lot of, uh, of uh, other religions use to derail the conversation and get it off on all these uh, side issues. But if we make it about Jesus, then, then that's where we're going to gain ground, and that's where we're going to be able to find opportunity to preach the gospel. Um, one of the tricky parts is that there are other religious worldviews that say Jesus, uh, and so they think that because they said they believe in Jesus or they believe something about Jesus, uh, that it means that they're talking about the same man and God that you are. Uh, but the truth and reality is that they're not. Uh, they're not actually talking about um, they're not talking about the Lord. They're not talking about Jesus in terms of the Jesus of the Bible. Um, and so there, there's uh, one of the things of the Baha'i faith is that it's it's some of this mix of uh, originally comes from Shiite Islam in, in uh, uh, Persia or modern day Iran. And so knowing that kind of helps you understand that it, it has its roots in. A, an Islamic or a, a Muslim concept of Jesus, which is not the biblical view of Jesus. And so that, that's typically where I would say that's where, where you want to try to keep the, the attention focused in the conversation. Okay, yeah, that was, you know, because, you know, we talked and I, you know, would politely share where I disagreed with him and where it kind of seemed like, you know, there was discrepancies, and to him, he said, you know, he's read the Quran and all this stuff, and there was no discrepancies between the Quran and the Bible, which I know is not true. Sure, yeah. And, you know, and, like, when we walked away, I mean, we had a very nice conversation, and I'm actually planning on meeting him again, and he wants to study the Bible together, and so I'm like, well, let's go for it, because the only, 
the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to find out, you know, that Jesus is the way, you know. So I just want to be prepared that next time I talk to this guy, you know, that, you know, like you said, it just focus on Jesus and, you know, try to just lead him into that. So Yeah, absolutely. And, and I w- if there's anything I could encourage you in, it would be to focus on the deity of Christ. So I would, uh, if I could encourage you to do this, to spend some time thinking on, praying on, uh, getting scriptures compiled around, and uh, um, seeking out information that supports the, the fact that Jesus is God. Because it's one thing to say that Jesus is an historical figure. If you disagree with that, you just disagree with reality. Um, and it's another thing to say that Jesus was maybe even a prophet, and that's what uh, the, the Muslim faith teaches, is that Jesus was a prophet mm-hmm. of God. But when we go further to say that, no, Jesus wasn't just a prophet, he's more than a prophet, he is the ultimate prophet, he's in fact God himself in humanity. That's where everything takes a quantum leap, and that's where the gospel actually has power to save. Apart from Jesus being God, then Jesus is just another man. Right. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's basically, I mean, just my question. I've, I've only, this is probably the only guy I've ever talked to that's part of that um, religion, so I'm kind of, you know, not, it was trying to not exactly sure on where to go, because like you said, it kind of seemed like we were spinning our wheels for a while, because he'd quote all these kind of mystic yeah. quotations that don't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it's, they're purposefully you know, vague to get to cause confusion. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, as we dive into the, the Bible, you know, it's only going to point him to Jesus. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah. Just keep pointing him to Jesus. And, uh, he's probably going to ask you questions that you can't answer. Call back. We'd love to talk about it with you. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Cody. Awesome, Jim. God bless you, man. Yeah, you too. All right, Bye. See ya. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, the phone number here is 303-690-3000. Give us a call. We'd love to be able to talk to you, uh, to be able to answer your questions, uh, be able to pray with you, and be able to talk through the things that have to do with uh, your life and Jesus and what the Lord is doing with you. Also, you can send us text messages at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Eric in Pennsylvania. Hi, Eric. You're on Calvary Live. Eric, are you there? Can you hear me? All right. Looks like we may have lost Eric. Um, Let's go to line three and Ari. I believe it's Ari in Thornton. Ari, did I say your name correctly? Hello. You're on Calvary Live, Ari. Oh, hi. Sorry. Hi. No problem. Yeah. uh, You're you're live on on the air. What's your question? Um, the, the, what does the Bible have to say about spanking and discipline? Can you give me maybe a little bit more, uh, background to that? Or what, what are your thoughts around that? Where are you, uh, where are you coming from when you ask that question? Sure. So my boyfriend and I have been talking, uh, we want to get married and have kids together in the future. And we were just talking about how we want to raise our kids. And one thing that came up was discipline. And he says, um, well, he believes in disciplining by spanking, whereas I don't really, uh, I'm not really like that. I think that spanking wouldn't really be an option for me. And so I guess, well, he told me to, he pointed me to the Bible, but I guess I just wanted to take 
some advice from somebody else to see what they had to say about it. Sure. Yeah, so I think. Kind of- Go ahead. Yeah, so I think that what uh, essentially the heart of the question and really where it becomes difficult is because um, we have this culture in, in our world where people are sort of, um, they're, they're taking things too far. And then we hear about abuse and we hear about uh, children being, uh, being beaten in their homes and uh, being uh, treated poorly. Uh, not only um, physically, but also mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And that can tend to cause us to have a reaction to, to that, to say, well, I don't want to do that. And so I'm going to make sure that I don't, uh, I don't do anything that's anywhere near what this looks like. Um, and so when I typically think of this, one of the things that I, uh, I think about is uh, Proverbs 13, uh, 24, and it's probably one of the verses that your boyfriend is speaking of, which says this, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him uh, disciplines him promptly. So there's this idea in, in scripture given to us about the need for discipline to come and that it's something that, that needs to take place. And so then the question is, well, how exactly do we do this and what are the right and appropriate ways to do that? Uh, in, in such a way. And, and what the Bible really declares here is that if you will not discipline your children, then it's proof that you don't, uh, that you're not raising them, or that even in Hebrews it says in chapter 12 that uh, if you, we are without chastening, which literally is the idea of this, this concept of a rod or, or of, of enduring a spanking is the kind of idea, then you end up in a position where uh, those kids are illegitimate based on uh, what it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, that you're, you're not sons because any son is going to endure chastening. And so uh, there is a right and appropriate and, and proper way to administer uh, chastening, um, but, uh, but beating or hitting or anything like that uh, is absolutely sinful, completely wrong, and must be uh, condemned. Uh, so that's kind of where the I think the conversation starts, is just from a biblical perspective to say, this is part of what the Lord has, has instilled as uh, what he would uh, call us out to do in terms of, let's discipline our children, let's actually bring discipline to them. my viewpoint of it, because you're right, that nowadays it is seen as beating or hitting or abuse, so I guess I was just kind of wondering um, what the Bible had to say about it, so. Yeah. As long as our hearts are in the right place, that's what really matters, and if we feel that speaking is the right thing to do at the time for whatever act. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the other verses I would add to this conversation is Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, which says this, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. So this verse actually gives us a uh, uh, sort of a, a framework to work with that, uh, as far as how to, when do I do this? So here's the best way I could describe it, that we discipline for foolishness, and we don't discipline for childishness. That, that's the concept. So there's this childishness that happens within kids. Like, you know, I've got a, a two-year-old and uh, they spilled some of their drink or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to spank my child or, or bring right. this rod of correction okay. for that. 
It's it's right. foolishness. And so the, the definition of foolishness or what makes it make something transcend childishness and get into foolishness is that uh, I've provided instruction and now my child is purposefully rebelling against oh. this instruction. That, that, yeah, that makes sense. So thank you. That's a very good, great explanation, actually. So it's going to help us <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I appreciate Absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, you're really functioning as a parent in the position of representing God to your kids. And in all reality, this is very much my relationship with God. Sometimes I need some sort of correction and chastisement from the Lord. That's right. Amen to that. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, you're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, my name is Cody King. I'm the pastor at Redemption Calvary in Commerce City, Colorado, here taking your calls today. Uh, it's just truly an honor and a privilege to be able to do this with you. And so uh, thanks for uh, calling in and uh, allowing me to be able to talk with you and to pray with you about different things that are going on. If you have something on your heart or mind, then give us a call, 303 690 You can also text in at the uh, line, which is 720-336-0897. Hey, just a word on that text line. Nobody's answering that text line. And so if you try to call it, uh, then you're not going to get anybody to pick up the phone there. We use it specifically for text messages. So uh, make sure that you do that. Um, all right. Looks like we have on line one, uh, Bianca asking for prayer. Bianca, you're on the air. Yes, I need some prayer. I have been going through a lot of things in my life lately, and it's just really hard. I'm not going to get into any of the specific because it would be a lot, but I just feel like I'm not having success in any area of my life right now, and I just need prayer and encouragement. Yeah, I uh, um, actually, I, I know what that feels like, that idea of, of wondering about success and how are things going in my life and what's happening uh, in my life, and am I Am I doing what I should be doing? And and it seems like the things that I'm giving my hand to aren't working, uh, and it's not coming out the way that I thought it should. Uh, <laughs> those can be frustrating times for sure. One of the things, uh, one of the books I actually just uh, finished reading not too long ago. It's called uh, "Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome," a uh, tremendous <laughs> book that really basically redefines the idea of success. And, and what it redefines it as is changing our concept to seeing it from things like faithfulness, that I'm going to be faithful to whatever God puts in front of me, and the, the idea of enjoying the Lord and finding my joy in Him and my pleasure in Him and just just having an obedient life and walk with the Lord. And so um, I, just, I just want to encourage you along those lines, that God is speaking to you. He is uh, giving you direction, and even though sometimes it feels like he can be silent or it feels like things just aren't going the way that we thought uh, that they should, um, we tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate what we can do in the long term. Uh, and there's something to be said about just a life of faithfulness, that as we give our lives over to the Lord that way, um, he's able to use faithfulness a lot more than some talents or abilities. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, sometimes it just feels like maybe I should be doing something that I'm not doing, and I'm doing the best to be faithful with the work the Lord has me doing, but like you said, when you don't see any results coming out of it, I mean, it can get discouraging, and I've even had days where I even ask the Lord if I'm really doing what I'm supposed to be doing because of not really getting any fruit out of this. Yeah, absolutely. That can be frustrating because we're not sure. Well, just be encouraged by this idea that the season that you plant in is not the same season that you harvest in. And so there's going to be some time in between there, right? The things that you're doing today are planting seeds that you're going to harvest later on, uh, not not necessarily tomorrow. I think of the farmer. They put a seed in the ground and, you know, tomorrow they wake up and they go outside and you know what they see? They see a dirt field. They don't see plants, right? So it's going to take some time for this to take place, for the plant to come forth, for it to grow, and then for it to actually uh, produce fruit. Hey, one thing that you said that uh, triggered something in my mind uh, was John chapter 10. Uh, You talked about not being sure if you know, uh, if you hear the voice of the Lord or or if God's leading you in different things. And I just want to encourage you with this idea of John 10. It says this, most assuredly, I say to you, he, uh, it's verse one, he he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door of Uh, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and his sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. And it says Jesus used this illustration, but they didn't understand the things that he spoke to them. One One of the big things that I grasp out of this this illustration that Jesus uses of shepherds and sheep and the sheepfold and all these kinds of things is that Jesus clearly says here that his sheep hear his voice. And so I want to encourage you with the the truth and reality that Jesus is leading you. He is speaking and you can be confident that God, when he speaks to you, you will absolutely know that it's the voice of the Lord. You don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to, to guess at it. And one of the biggest ways you're going to know the voice of God is just by being uh, open to his spirit and, uh, and allow him to be able to speak to you through his word. Uh, and so as God speaks to you and as he does direct you and lead your path, it's going to be in line with the scriptures and he's going to be, be directing your path. So I hope that encourages you. All right. right well, on. thanks a lot. Yeah. Can you just pray? Absolutely. That'd be a privilege. Let, mm-hmm. Let's pray for you. Father, I want to lift up Bianca to you. I thank you for her heart, how tender and soft she is toward you, the way that she desires to honor you with her life, the way that she wants to serve you, God. And as she has um, given up so much of her her, uh, life to you in order to serve you well, uh, I just pray that you would lead and direct her path, cause her to be able to know what it is that you would have for her, uh, that she would see your, your hand leading her, Uh, that she would understand what it is that you have for her to do next, and that that uh, next step would be clearly established in in front of her. So Lord, uh, encourage her, 
and cause her to be able to see success from your perspective, not necessarily our own. And uh, we trust it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. God bless you, Bianca. Have a great day. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King, here taking your phone calls. Uh, I'm the pastor at Redemption Calvary here in uh, Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, It's a privilege to be able to serve there in Commerce City. Uh, We have open lines, so if you want to give us a call, uh, we're about to go to break, as you know. Um, But uh, give us a call, and we'd love to be able to uh, connect with you and to talk to you about your questions. God bless you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to Calvary Live. Uh, You are listening in on uh, this uh, live call-in radio show where we are here to take your calls, to be able to pray with you, pray for you, and to be able to uh, encourage you in the Lord. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text message 720-336-0897. On the text line, uh, someone asks the question uh, about uh, Book of the Month is by Erwin Lutzer. Uh, and uh, saw that uh, that was one of the books. That's the book of the month uh, at uh, Calvary Aurora. Uh, and on there, um, they're asking about uh, some different books, The Power of a Clear Conscience, uh, Let Good Free You from Your Past, Putting Your Past Behind You, Finding Hope for Life's Deepest uh, Hurts, and asking if these would be a recommended uh, book. Uh, essentially, Erwin uh, Lutzer is a, a great uh, pastor and author and uh, a, a really trusted resource. And so um, I would say that uh, whatever you read from him, just like you would read from anybody else, don't just accept what anybody says just because they said it. Uh, but he is a, a tremendous resource and a trusted uh, trusted person to be able to uh, take from. And so I'd encourage you along those lines to go ahead and, and read those books. Another one of the uh, text messages that came in is uh, saying that for someone who is still maturing and growing in their faith, especially understanding the Bible, how does one discern in partaking in same-sex marriage? Uh, I was asked to officiate this wedding. Uh, this is a sibling, and our relationship is close. Any insight, wisdom, scripture, and books to support this question would be helpful. Thank you. God bless. I think this is a, a really challenging and difficult kind of a question, especially because you are asking it from the perspective of, this is a really close relationship. This is one of my siblings. I've been asked to officiate this wedding. And so I'm assuming perhaps you may be uh, in some sort of pastoral role uh, or have some sort of ordination in order to perform the wedding. Um, And and essentially what I would encourage you to understand is that uh, weddings and uh, the idea of marriage is not uh, an institution of society. It's one of the things that our culture is trying to say, is that it's just this societal thing that's taken place over time. As people have evolved, we've created this thing called marriage. But the truth is that marriage comes from uh, the Lord, that God, in fact, has invented it. 
He created it. He established it. He instituted it. And God himself actually performed the very first wedding ceremony in Genesis chapter 2. And when God did this in Genesis chapter 2, he took one man and one woman and he put them together in this institution of marriage. And so I would encourage you to understand that marriage is not a cultural concept. It's not something that we get to define and redefine based upon feelings and whims of, of where the culture is, is going or the winds of change are blowing. But the truth is that marriage is something instituted by God. And because it's instituted by God, it's something that he gets to define. And he's defined it as one man and one woman. So what I would, what I would encourage you with and what I would give you direction on is to understand that uh, same-sex marriage is, in fact, not marriage because it's not biblical. Uh, and as even though it would be difficult as a sibling, uh, that it would be improper and it would, it would not be representing the Lord correctly for you to perform this same-sex uh, wedding. Uh, so let's go to uh, Jessica in Arvada on line one. Hi, Jessica. This is Cody King on Calvary Live. Uh, you're live on the air. Hi, Cody. You actually, um, I was the one who sent that text in. So you were just answering it, and I was writing as you were, as you were speaking. I right wasn't on. sure if the text line was working or not. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, all right, so do you have any follow-up questions or thoughts? I know that it's really hard to answer a full question over text because you don't really get to hear someone and uh, what they're thinking about. Yeah, no, you have some great insight. Yeah, I think um, to kind of speak to what you've already discussed, I am still maturing and growing. And, and in terms of, you know, in my position in the Church, I don't have any ordination, you know, of ordination or I'm not a pastor in the Church. I think... The reason for his, you know, that they asked me is just simply because they do know that I'm a woman of faith, and um, they, you know, I love them to to pieces, and they're, you know, I I do try to have conversations with them um, about my faith and minister to them about Jesus, and, uh, you know, my brother grew up in the church with us, so... Yeah. So yeah. I think I think that's where they I think they just felt safe. Sure. In terms of wanting me to partake in something like that. Um but I haven't, you know, I'm still walking my own hmm. steps through um you know re- reading the Bible and that's just something I haven't looked into, yeah. you know, in terms of how God sees marriage and and homosexuality and whatnot. So I um it's new to me and it it was kind of brought up just more quickly than I was expecting to do my own research, but um I, you know, I, I do want to understand it fully, and I do want to be able to have, like, a healthy conversation with them about that without them feeling any kind of, you know, sensitivity to the to the answer. For sure. Yeah, that's—as uh, you're talking, I, I'm remembering, remembering a time in my life where I had a family member who uh, approached me about performing a wedding for them, um, and it was one of my cousins, and she wanted me to perform her wedding for her. And uh, so I just asked her a few questions about what was going on. And essentially, she was uh, living with her boyfriend and didn't want to go into any sort of uh, counseling and, uh, and those kinds of things. She essentially just kind of like what you described, she knows that I'm a person of faith, that I represent the Lord. And she just wanted me to do this sort of um, 
uh, public service thing for her. And as I talked through it with her and just and essentially told her, well, here's some contingencies. I'll do your wedding for you, but here's what we're going to need to do. I'm going to need you to uh, stop living with your boyfriend. You guys are going to need to move out. I'm going to need you to um, actually get some marriage counseling. And because it, I was out of state, I wasn't going to be able to perform that for her and her fiance. Uh, and so I recommended a church for her. And, and essentially, she didn't want to do that. She just wanted me to put sort of God's stamp of approval on her situation by participating. And so what I had to understand was that I'm not just representing me, but that I'm representing the Lord. And if I step into this position, then I don't want to misrepresent God and what his word clearly says. Uh, And so that's where I guess I'd encourage you is to think through it from that perspective that's where it gets hard, though. You know, you have family members that are involved, and, and you want to do it with grace. Uh, you, you know, um, it's really easy to damage these relationships long term. Yes. No, that's that's um, that's great insight, and thank you for your courage and your you know your testimony to your with your family member. That is that is helpful, and uh, it's just a hard conversation. It's I guess I haven't had to encounter any of these kind of conversations with a family member, especially someone who I who I love and, um, raised yeah. basically. So, um, well, okay. One thought to encourage you on is make yeah. sure that when you do talk through this, that that love comes out. Um, in John chapter one, verse 17, we're told that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And, and so it's important for us to, to try to strike that same balance as we are, uh, talking to people, especially about sinful situations and not just sinful situations in general, but yeah. their particular sin. Um, it, it's important mm-hmm. that we speak the truth, but we've got to yeah. speak the truth with grace. Otherwise, uh, they're going to be offended because of us. Um, and the gospel is offensive enough. I don't need to add offense to it. Yeah. And then you mentioned in the beginning Genesis 2, so I'll, I'll definitely have to have pen to that. Is there any other um, just like reading material or sure. even in the book or anything that I can look into about just understanding the fullness of marriage and how God sees same-sex marriage, or not marriage, but same-sex relationships, if you will, um, just because that, like I said, is, is something new to me in my walk. Sure. Alone. Yeah, absolutely. I would, um, I'd encourage you to, to look up um, Romans chapter 1. Um, and really kind of, I guess it would start at basically verse 18 and go through the end of the chapter. Essentially, it really lays out very, very clearly that there's this mind that uh, people have of being given over to their own things and that they want their own sins so much that God gives them over to their vile passions. And it clearly describes homosexuality as one of those things that is not accepted by the Lord right there in Romans chapter one as well. Um, I'll have to look it up. It's in, I believe it's in Luke where Jesus talks about um, marriage and he actually quotes uh, this section in Genesis two um, where Jesus says um, that, uh, you know, uh, essentially divorce, uh, he's talking about divorce and the idea of a man and woman being put together. Uh, Actually, I think it's Matthew 19. So let me turn there real quick and uh, try to read that for you um, and point out something there. Um, Jesus, it says in uh, verse 4 of Matthew 19, it says, He answered and said to, to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning, listen to this part, made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, 
and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So in this context, Jesus is sort of talking about the idea of divorce, but it's from the perspective of how marriage even began. So a lot of people like to say, well, Jesus never condemned homosexuality. Absolutely, he did. He condemned uh, uh, the ideas of um, uh, sexual sin. And here he very clearly establishes the boundaries of biblical marriage as one man and one woman, not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, not a man and five women, uh, that it's one man and one woman. Mm. That's good. Okay, great. Thank you, Pastor. I've written these verses down, and I will do a deep dive into them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. If there's a uh, website I could encourage you to go to, it would be gotquestions.org. It's a great question question, uh, site. You can type it in there, and they'll bring up some more information for you, and you can get some more reading. But those those few verses and those thoughts should get you started down that road. Oh, wonderful, Pastor Cody. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Jessica. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. Uh, I'm here in studio taking your questions, answering your calls, and uh, your prayer requests. You can give us a call at 303-690-3000 or even text in questions and prayer requests to 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two and uh, Stephen in Pennsylvania. Stephen, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. All right. What's your question? All right. So um, I'm listening from Middletown, Pennsylvania, as I think you may have mentioned. Um, and so I'm listening to, like, the one-week delay, uh, like the pre-recorded sure. on Hope FM. And so what Pastor Ed was talking about just before I called in was somebody had called in about um, eternal security and how do you know, like, once saved, always saved, how can you know if you're saved? Um, and so what he had said was that, like, the fruit of the Spirit is an evidence of salvation, like, and that's how you can, like, sort of, like, discern, like, the sheep from the goat, sure. uh, to use the example. Um, I studied, like, theology in college, and I actually have a degree in theology, and so that was one of the major questions that came up. And so I don't necessarily fall down on the eternal security side of the discussion, so my question is, what do you do and what do you... Uh, take away if there's somebody who, like, you go to church with for years and years, and they show these evidences, and they are displaying all of the same, and it's like, it seems really heartfelt, uh, like their displays of devotion and um, just, like, all the, like, all the outward signs are there, but then they fall away. Sure. Have they, like, were they never saved to begin with? And if so, how far, like, can you really know if somebody is saved or not? Hmm. Yeah, it's a really, really good question. Um, I, I really appreciate it. It's, it's a very, um, I guess, tricky, troubled waters to, to go down into because uh, the, the truth is that there's not a verse that we can look up that says, hey, once you're saved, you're always saved or uh, anything like that. So we're trying to put together ideas as we look through Scripture. Um, and so as, as you're describing it, um, 
you know, how, let me make sure I got your question correct, that you have, there's people in, in life that maybe you've known who uh, have loved the Lord, they've served the Lord, you've seen fruit in their life, you've seen godliness in their life, and then one day they decide, I'm abandoning this entire thing, and, uh, and what category do you put them in? Is that the, the gist of it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really good thought, really good question. I think uh, two things come to mind right off the top of my head. One of them is that what you're describing is exactly somebody else that was uh, that's described in the Bible. It's a biblical character, and his name is Judas. Judas walked with mm-hmm. Jesus. He served with Jesus. Uh, Jesus had all of his disciples performing miracles with him. Uh, he heard Jesus teach. Uh, and he was the he was one of the men who uh, was with Jesus for his three three and a half year ministry, and and as you put that thought together that Judas was with Jesus through all this time, and then still abandoned the Lord and still forsook him, it seems really clear that Judas was a guy who never really was on Team Jesus. He was always on Team Judas and sort of playing a part, and so that that's one of those angles of approach that I I look at to say. Hey, here's here's a guy who's a perfect example of that. Um, but the the other thought of that is um, what it talks about in we actually reference I referenced this earlier on in the show. But in Hebrews chapter twelve, it says that if you uh, if you don't endure chastening, then you are illegitimate as a son. Um, and so I, I think the hard part for us is. People can seem to abandon God. They can go their own way. They can indulge and dive headlong into sin. And, um, and we can look at that and say, were they ever saved? Did they, uh, did they lose their salvation? What exactly is this? And, um, and yet we don't know what God is doing in their lives. Um, that there are a lot of times when people are, in fact, enduring the chastening of the Lord on the inside and on the outside, they make it look like everything is great and they're enjoying their sin and everything's awesome. Um, and so that's where it, it becomes really difficult for us to know the heart of a man uh, and what's actually happening within, within them. Uh, and so that's where we are left to uh, looking at, well, what's coming out of them. And, and all I have is, is what's happening right here and right now. Did I lose you? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Yeah. So, um, so th- does that sort of put some other thoughts around there? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, assuming that based on your theology degree that I haven't said anything to you, you haven't heard before. No, it is. Um, it's, it's nice. Uh, perspective, though, that uh, point didn't really come up as much. Like you don't know what's in the heart, like hmm. the sinning aspect. Um, it's just, I sometimes struggle with the, if you're really like, if God's going, if you're going round and round with God, like struggling with, like he's trying to discipline you, but you're not submitting to it. And so you're not living it. You're like not repenting basically. Yeah, so, absolutely. So does, is that something that God can condone unrepentant sin? Yeah. Um, I, I like to think that, think of that in terms of, I, I like to make it really, really simple because I'm a simple man. Um, and I look at it in terms of my own children. Um, one of the jokes I have with my kids is if they mess something up, then I'll jokingly tell them, all right, that's it. You're out of the family. And they laugh at me 
because that's ridiculous, right? I'm not going to kick them out of the family because they messed up or because they lied or because they cheated on something or because they hit their sister and took the Barbie away. Uh, I I look at that and and say, even if your heart is unrepentant, I'm going to bear with you because I love you. And I'm going to walk you through this and continue to bring discipline into your life to the degree that you need it so that you can come to repentance. And so that's where it becomes difficult for us to know exactly where they're at on that sort of sliding scale of how, how much are they going to have to endure in order to come to the end of themselves. Okay. Yeah, so I, I hope that that helps kind of paint some of that side of it for you. I think that we need to, to see God more like a loving dad and less like a big mean guy with a hammer waiting to smash people. Right. I'm just like, the what, uh, <laughs> sometimes I can't words. Yep, I um, get that. <laughs> but as you were saying that, my only my thought was, so that just sounds to me, and I know this isn't what, isn't what you are like, advocating sure um, but that just almost sounds like oh i don't remember the word like unit you like the the concept that all men will be saved because i know that god loves everybody but he doesn't love them the same way that he loves his people perfect perfectly and, like, stated he, yeah and like he's he wants them to be saved he desires all men to come to an understanding and knowledge of Amen. the truth but it's clear that not everybody will and like a lot of people will reject him yeah so is there any like insights that you've had into because yes, he's a loving father and he won't like, he'll always like be willing to take us back. But at the same time, if we aren't coming back to him, is he going to pursue us to the point where he will grab us, pick us up and drop us in the pen with the sheep? If well, we aren't wanting to go into that pen with the sheep. Yeah, I, I think what I would say to that is that um, I would come at it from the perspective of the world has this idea that we're all the children of God. Uh, and that's not a biblical perspective. The biblical perspective is that you've got to be adopted into the family in order to be a child of God. And he, just like you said, he wants all to be saved. And so God's house is big enough for everybody, and he wants to adopt you. It's a matter of whether or not you want, you're willing to receive that adoption and to, uh, and to be adopted into the family. Now, once you are adopted into the family, what I would say is there's no way of getting out of the family. Even if you say, I don't like you, I'm mad at you, or whatever, sometimes there's, there's this visceral reaction that people have because they either want their sin or they think God's bad or whatever that is all answered when we get to heaven. It's like in 1 Corinthians, it talks about how we see in a mirror dimly, and in, a, uh, in that time, a mirror would be polished metal uh, that would have a dim reflection, but but then in heaven, we will see face to face. So there are these sort of unanswered questions that we have on this side of eternity that are perfectly answered in who God is. And, and so that's where uh, I have to rest in trusting God. You are good. You know good from, from evil. You know right from wrong. And I'm going to pray for these people who I know have walked away from you that they'll come to themselves like the prodigal son did. He says he came to himself and he went back to his father and his father received him as a son, not as a slave. Yeah, you're right. Sounds good. Amen. All right, man. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks. You too. All right. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. Bye.
All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm the pastor at Redemption Calvary. And uh, taking your phone calls here today, uh, let's go to line number three and Joseph in Maryland. Joseph, you're on Calvary Live. Hello, hey, Joseph. Hey, Pastor Cody. Yeah. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm calling in because I have a pr- prayer request for my son, uh, my son is on the uh, autistic spectrum, and he has behavioral disorder issues. And um, lately it's been kind of like it's been escalating and kind of intensifying. And the reason why I, I called is because this past Sunday I had gone to, to my church in, in Maryland, my Calvary Chapel Church, and my pastor um, was reading uh, Mark um, chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, and it was in reference to um, Jesus coming down from the mount with um, Peter, James, and John, and the Pharisees were questioning the disciples. And Christ asked them, "What you know? What are you questioning them about?" And um, there was a father there with a son, you know, who cried out and said, "You know, I brought my son here to be healed, and your disciples couldn't heal couldn't heal him." And uh, Jesus said, "Bring the boy to me." And I guess the boy had a, a, a demonic possession, and and Jesus healed the boy. You know, and the, the father said, it, or Jesus said to the father, "If you have faith, your your son will be healed." And the father cried out, "I I believe, but help my unbelief." And I'm kind of in I'm kind of in that situation right now. I'm looking at my son and with his behavioral, you know, being on the autistic spectrum with his behavioral disorder issues, and it, it's just heart wrenching to see. Um, I've shared Christ with my little boy. I, I, I bring him to church as much as I can. Me and his mother are, are not a couple. We're not together. So we're kind of co-parenting in two homes. And um, he knows he knows the Lord. He knows the, you know, I've shared Jesus Christ with them and salvation. And we, we read his children's Bible together and we pray a lot. And yeah, but for some reason, some reason his behavior is just it's just it seems to be getting worse yeah. instead of better. Well, autism is one of those things that is uh, difficult to be able to um, really know exactly how to deal with. And, and the reason is because there's not a lot of information that you can gain from children uh, that have uh, that have autism. Um, and so I guess what I would encourage you with in this is to uh, pray as God directs you in, in your prayers. Um, but I, I think it's it's more important to give our attention to loving our kids the way that they are in terms of this and less in saying, God, I, I want you to fix them. Um, instead of seeing this uh, autism as something that needs to be fixed within him, it's something that's a part of who he is that I need to love him in this and be able to bring the... Uh, bring the gospel to him in a way that he can understand. Um, and so I, I know that in our church we have uh, a precious little boy who uh, is, is pretty severe on the uh, the autism scale. And uh, so we just organize different things to be able to um, uh, to be able to encourage him and uh, and bring him in as much as we can. But uh, let me pray for you. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Lord, I just uh, want to lift up Joseph to you. I thank you so much for him calling in and just uh, as he struggles over the idea of what to do with his son and how to minister to his son, I pray that you would give him supernatural wisdom and insight into his son and to be able to know how to uh, minister to him and how to encourage him. 
I pray that you would bring the gospel to clear light to his son and that he would be able to uh, put his faith in you, Lord Jesus, to the degree that he can. And uh, Lord, that you would just um, help him uh, in, in dealing with uh, things in life and figuring out how to have patterns and routines and all of those kinds of things. And I just pray for Joseph as he tries to figure out what this all looks like in his, uh, in his life and uh, how it's all going to uh, take place with loving and ministering to his son. So give him a supernatural love, the love that you have, and allow him to be able to pour that out upon his family. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Uh, you're welcome. Deeply appreciate it. Amen. God, Amen. God bless you. God bless you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is uh, Cody King here in studio, taking your, your phone calls and uh, questions. It's been such a privilege to host the show with you today. We've just got a couple of minutes before the end of the show. Um, I wanted to take a minute to invite you out to uh, Calvary Church here in Aurora for Wednesday night service. Um, at, at Redemption Calvary, we don't have a Wednesday night service, but they do here at Calvary Church. So I'd uh, invite you to come out to the service tonight. It's going to be an amazing service. You will meet with the Lord. You will get to worship the Lord. And I guarantee he's got something to say to you that you need to hear. So get yourself here tonight and uh, be ministered to by the Word of God. Uh, it's been a privilege and honor to be able to talk to you today and to be able to pray with you today. Uh, I think that it's uh, one of those things where, uh, as we've just been kind of been fielding these questions and thinking through things together today, one of the, th- the thoughts and concepts that comes to my mind and, and really uh, helps me to uh, understand where we've been is that uh, there's just such a heavy oppression of the world to constantly try to shove us into its mold. And if there's anything that I would encourage you in, it's to give yourself over to biblical literacy. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the primary way that you're going to do that is by studying and spending time in the scriptures. So do that in a number of ways. Do that by reading your Bible, by being in a, in a godly uh, Bible, be, Bible teaching church, and uh, by hearing messages and calling in on, on a radio show like today. It's been a privilege to be with you. Uh, we'll talk to you next time and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.